Welcome to How to Talk to Kids About Anything with Dr. Robin Silverman, a podcast loaded with practical tips, powerful scripts, personal stories, and simple steps to make even the toughest conversations easier. So get ready to get the information you need to make the impact you want from someone you trust, your friend, parenting expert, Dr. Robin Silverman. Hello and welcome to How to Talk to Kids About Anything, where we give you the tips, scripts, stories, and steps to make even the toughest conversations easier. I'm so thrilled to be your host, Dr. Robin Silverman, child and teen development specialist, author and speaker, and most importantly, parent of two great kids who give me the opportunity to love, learn, and grow every single day, whether I want to or not. Believe me, I get it. It is not always easy, but we are in this together. And thankfully, we have a lot of wonderful people we can call on to get the help and insight we need. Now, what would you do today if you were feeling brave? That is the question on the back of my next guest book, Brave. Fear can be protective, but fear can also get in the way. We need courage when we venture out of our comfort zone. For some, courage is necessary when meeting new people or trying new activities. Some kids need courage when trying new foods or spending time away from home for the first time or speaking up when a friend does something that they don't care for. Courage helps us to face our fears and stretch us so that we can experience more of life. Studies show that courage is an important component of leadership. In May of 2014, Harvard Business Review discussed four characteristics of leaders that could help create a strong team, and acts of courage was one of them. Harvard Business Review went on to say that especially when leaders took courageous acts for the greater good, it was important for the team. We want to teach our children how to be courageous both for their own development as well as to help others. So how can we be brave and how can we help our kids do the same? That question is why we have best-selling author Margie Warrell on the show today. Now, Margie Warrell is passionate about helping everyone, especially women, to own their value and live more bravely. Margie draws on her background in business, psychology, and coaching to run leadership and courage-building programs in organizations worldwide. Her three best-selling books, Find Your Courage, Stop Playing Safe, and Brave, have been published in six languages. A mother of four teens, Margie walks her walk and walks her talk when it comes to living bravely. Having traveled widely since growing up on a dairy farm in rural Australia, she's also an ambassador for women in global business. I think of her as a massive encourager, a person to gently push us to embrace a brave life. You are going to just love her. So I am so excited to welcome Margie to How to Talk to Kids About Anything. Thank you for being here. Oh, it is a pleasure, Robin. Well, before we get into the meat of the matter, for those who haven't heard you speak, had the pleasure to meet you or read any of your books, could you just take a moment to tell us what gets you up in the morning and what got you so interested in exploring bravery? Oh, yeah. Look, what gets me up in the morning? Well, I have I have four teenagers. Yes, so that, you have to be brave. <laughs> so sometimes I've got to get them places very early in the morning and that gets me up. But um, I think really my bigger drive is, is I feel very passionate about helping people to 
to really step through the fears that keep them from living the biggest lives they want to live and from thriving. And, and you know, there was a confluence of different factors that led me to focus my work around helping people to be braver, to find their courage. And I guess, you know, we teach best what we most need to learn and having struggled with self-doubt and a fear of failure and a fear of what will people think for so much of my life. Um, and I'd love to tell you I'd conquered it all and I haven't. I, I've just learned to sort of master it better. You know, I, I'm, I feel a strong sense of purpose to help really other people step through those internal fears and doubts that so often keep us from 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 being happier and from taking the actions that would lead us to be happier. Well, you are, as you said, a mother of four teens. So no doubt you've seen your fair share of, of fear and of bravery. What have you learned as a mother raising your four kids? Look, I think at the core of it as a parent, you know, we are hardwired instinctually to protect our children. Yes. Uh, we 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 want them to be happy, uh, and we want them not to have to feel pain. Um, yet that's why we also have to almost rise above our instinctive desire to protect our children, so that we don't overprotect them, so that we let them build resilience, so that we let them learn how to fail and then pick themselves back up. And also in a world that's increasingly cautious and where we're all acutely aware of the many, the very many risks that our kids face in the world, um, whether it's random violence, whether it's drugs, alcohol, getting in with the grad group, all of those things. We've got to help give them and incrementally build up the discernment so that they know which risks to take and which to avoid and that they aren't scared of everything. And I think that, you know, often I see kids who are so protected from the big bad world, that when they ultimately go out into it, they haven't actually fine-tuned their radar mm. and they can make really foolish choices because they haven't developed almost that sort of street smartness about, no, this person is someone I can, you know, trust and this person, no, give a wide berth to. Mm. So experiencing life and bravery and fear when the stakes are low so that when the stakes are higher they're more prepared. Uh-huh, absolutely. And and that shows up in all sorts of ways, even in how kids communicate with each other. You know, they live on their devices. They, you know, I'm sure, I don't know about your kids, but the number of text messages that they can send, you know, out and, you know, will you go out with me? No, I don't want to go out. You know, so often they can hide behind their devices even that they fail to learn how to be brave in the conversations that matter. Mm. And, you know, we saw that when uh, Russell, uh, oh, I've forgotten his name, um, broke up brand, broke up with Katy Perry. He mm. sent her a text message saying, I want a divorce. <laughs> and, 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 you know, that is really just a sign of so, so many people. It's easier to do it via a text message, isn't it? But it doesn't mean it's the right way to do it. And, and I think even teaching our kids how to sit with the discomfort mm. of uncomfortable conversations because we have to have them in person um, or we have to at least pick up the phone. So there's so many ways in today's world that we need to be really intentional in teaching our skills, our kids the skills to to speak and communicate and to um to make braver decisions. You know, you hit on something that just brought something up in my own head when you said, 
you've got to teach these kids how to sit with the discomfort of an uncomfortable conversation, which really is what we're all about here um, in, in on this podcast, because we've got to get uncomfortable ourselves. So I'm wondering, how can we help our kids to be brave? And do we have to be brave as parents in order to raise brave kids? Do we have to be able to get uncomfortable? Well, look, I mean, as parents, we're the ultimate leaders, right? Mm -hmm. And and our actions, our example that we set is far more powerful than what we say. And so we can tell them to do all sorts of things, but if we're not role modeling it, how how can we really expect them to do it? They need to see us lead that way. And and as a mum, I know, for instance, you know, sometimes I need to say no to people um, and, and say no to invitations. I don't want to hurt people's feelings and I kind of want to make an excuse why I can't go to something when, in fact, I just it just isn't something I want to spend my time on. And so for my kids to hear me, having sometimes a difficult conversation, saying, say, thank you so much, but I, I really, I've just got so much on, I can't do it. And, and being truthful and kind and sensitive, but also sitting with that discomfort, we role model that. You know, um, maybe holding somebody accountable, maybe sharing how someone's hurt our feelings. You know, I'll have sometimes a conversation with my husband and say, you know, and I don't hide, I don't, I don't protect my kids from that. I let them see, you know, this is dad and I working out this difference that we've had or where my feelings have been hurt because I want them to see, you know, these are the conversations we need to have a healthy marriage. Oh, it's so important. I mean, what a wonderful thing to be able to not only speak out loud about what might have happened at work that day, but to actively be working something out in front of them must be very powerful. Yeah, I, I believe it is. And, you know, my, I have a daughter who's 17 and, you know, numerous times, I, I mean, when she was 12, you know, everything I did was stupid. And as she's 17, <laughs> she's seeing that maybe I can do the occasional odd thing that, that might require, you know, a little bit of, you know, admiration. And, you know, and, and, I, and I just, and, and, in, and, in, and in marriage, you know, like I want her to have a great marriage. I hope she meets someone fantastic one day and have a great marriage. But I don't want the kids to think you always, everything is always perfect. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we disagree. Sometimes one of us will say something that's inconsiderate. You know, sometimes we need to say, hey, these are my needs and I, I need support here. So I think it's so important for us as parents to to role model what it is we want for our children mm -hmm. um, and not to paint a picture that we've got it all together all the time or that mm -hmm. we don't make mistakes. Sometimes sometimes just saying, sorry, hey, I messed up. I shouldn't have done that. Mm -hmm. um, even 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 role modeling how to how to apologize. Yes. Yes. in a meaningful way is is something that is a wonderful thing for our children to learn right it sounds like you feel like fear of failure can get in the way often and and you want kids to to embrace failure you want them to see that you can mess up and you can rise above and you can apologize and and make things right again is that something yeah. that you feel is really important Oh, absolutely, Robin. But, I, you know, and not, not just obviously in conversations, if we wait till we know how to say something perfectly, we, we won't say it. So, so, yes, sometimes we will fall short in how we go about saying things. But just across the board in life, mm -hmm. um, you know, yeah, try out for the lead role. Yes, try out for the top, you know, 
representative team in soccer, yes, go for it. Put yourself out there and risk falling short in the endeavour. And we know from research that when people take risks and they go out and they go out on a limb and they try things, not everyone's going to get first place. Not everyone's going to get the lead role. Not everyone's mm -hmm. going to get the MVP or be the, the point guard in the top team. However, uh, we, we know from research that people, they learn valuable skills in the process. They learn, they gain competence in whatever it is they're trying to do. But also they learn that if they don't get it, life goes on. It's mm. not the end of the world. And mm. I know for my kids on so many occasions over the years, you know, they have absolutely fallen short. They haven't succeeded. They haven't won the contest or they haven't, you know, been picked for the team and not to let a failure define them. You know, failure is an event. It's not a person. And giving kids the resiliency skills that allow them to explain the failure to themselves in such a way that they can take the learning from it, but they, they aren't now, you know, in a place of I'm never going to try that again. You know, but no, you can try it again, but next time you'll try it again in a different way or you'll study up more or you'll prepare yourself better or you'll, you know, you'll do something that will set you up for more success in the future. And, you know, so often the people out there who are um, accomplishing extraordinary things, they didn't have it easy. They actually came through some hard knocks. And I think it's the as parents, we don't want to inflict our kids with hard knocks at all, but we, we do want to give them the skills and the self-belief and that self-efficacy so that when the bad things happen, because they will happen, that our kids aren't destroyed from it, you know, teaching them even to use language in a powerful way. Um, you know, don't call this a complete disaster. Don't say it's a nightmare. Don't say you're an absolute loser. You tried it. It didn't work out. Okay, well, that happens to all of us. And share your own experiences of the way that's happened to you and how ultimately you look back on it and go, that was a good thing. Mm -hmm. The advantage of the failure so that they can hear that you came through it and that you learned something probably pretty valuable from it. Look, I, um, I've just released actually my fourth book. Uh, I just realized the bio you had was, was not up to date. Mm. Um, and it's called Make Your Mark. And I, like I've so shared with my kids, every time I've written a book, I am so, I would love them all to be New York Times bestsellers. But I'm also, you know, realistic that, that generally the odds are against that. But I also share with them how, I, I know I, I'm not even the world's most brilliant writer, but I'm passionate about what I do. And will there be, sometimes I open up a book and I, you know, I can see a typo, for instance, and I'm like, oh, how did this get through? And, and even through the editors and all the people that are professionals that my publisher uses, sometimes something will happen. But as I share with them, you've got to be in it to win it. You've got to be trying you know as Wayne Gretzky said you know you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take mm -hmm. and that's fair okay so we know this to be true so that's where we have to teach our children to sit with the discomfort to get comfortable with being uncomfortable mm -hmm. and recognizing that actually discomfort is a prerequisite for us in order for us to succeed in in whatever it is we'd love to succeed at Oh, I love that. That discomfort is a prerequisite for, for success. Uh, that is really beautiful. Tell me, you know, teens often take risks that 
I mean, frankly, we're not thrilled about often. I mean, how do we ride that line between encouraging our children to take important risks and then not doing the things that may be really bad risks to take? Yeah. No, look, absolutely. And 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 I think, you know, there's a, not all risks are created equal. Right. And there are smart risks. There are smart risks, risk failing, risk making a fool of yourself. Um, you know, for instance, drugs. Let's just talk drugs. I've got four teenagers. I know there's they're all of our kids ultimately are going to be exposed into the world of drugs. And there's a whole spectrum of drugs. And I grew up with um, my father was like, never touch drugs, never touch drugs. And honestly, it put the fear of God into me. And I, I, I could never see enough upside to be worth the risk of becoming an addict. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I was cautious. And uh, but I, I know there's so many kids think, well, it won't happen to me. I'll just try it. So what I do with my children is I look for examples in the world around me, whether it's in the news or it's friends of family or it's, you know, we often don't have to look too far afield to find examples of where people have made choices, where they've taken risks and they've paid a really profound price mm-hmm. for them. And so when I see that, even if it's a really sad story, I'll say, look, you know, look at this person. They had so much going for them and they they dabbled in this or they chose to do that. And and look where that's led them. And do you think they wanted to go there when they started out? No, they had, they didn't think they were going to end up, you know, where they are now. It, 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 it happens in increments and people – so just – to get my kids really present to sometimes the consequences of risk, whether it's drink driving, getting in a car with somebody who's drunk, you know, taking a tablet that someone offers you at a party, you know, you, you the consequences are so great. Is it really worth the benefit? And so one is getting them present to the consequences of those risks, which to me are foolish risks. It's really not worth it. You can have a good time without it. And secondly, to help them withstand the peer pressure that some kids really struggle with more than others and and that's from you know from an early age you know helping our kids have a strong sense of themselves that you don't need the approval of others to be worthwhile mm-hmm. and who you are is innately valuable and worthy and if other kids say hey you need to do this in order to be in the cool group you really have to question whether or not there's someone that you want to hang out with um, because really it's people who make their own choices not determined by what other people think that are the coolest people they're not letting what everyone else thinks decide what they'll do and when you let what other people think determine what you do and what you say and even what you wear you know all of that you're essentially giving power over to other people you're saying what you think matters more than what I think and so I'll say to my kids you know do you want to give your power to others to what that what they think matters more than what you think um, and I just just to get them really present to how much our desire to be liked and to fit in, and we all have that desire. All of us want to be liked. All of us want approval. None of us like to have people speak badly of us or push us out of the pack. But how much we can give power over to that and in doing so make choices that ultimately we know aren't, isn't the right thing to do or it certainly isn't serving us. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like all of that. Uh, you mentioned that, we need to live bravely as parents in order to raise brave kids. I'm wondering how else we can help our kids 
to be more brave when trying new things or speaking up or getting out of their comfort zone. Do you have some specific tips that that parents can take away and and use with their kids to to help them step up? Yeah. Well, I think firstly is encouraging kids. One thing we tend to do is we tend to uh, discount the cost of inaction. So we often focus more on what could go wrong in the short term and what we could lose. We could lose face. We could go, you know, that would be embarrassing. We might fail. But what we often don't think about, well, how will we feel one month or one year from now if we don't do it? So get your kids to think into the future and ask themselves, how will you feel if you don't try this? Mm. So, so that can, you know, that fear regret more than you fear failure, you know, really bringing in that emotional pull of, well, what's the risk you take when you don't be brave? Mm-hmm. You know, where you might you go, hi, oh, I wish I'd tried because you're never going to know whether you would have got into that team or not or, you know, what friends you would have made. So firstly, I would say do, do that. Secondly, encourage your kids in increments. You know, it's in the small little things. We want to give them freedom and encourage them to get out of their comfort zone. Some kids don't need to do that. My daughter's just booked herself to head off to Paris for three weeks to learn French in June. Wow. She's like, yeah, no, she doesn't know anyone. She's just going. Mm-hmm. And um, But she didn't start doing, you know, she wouldn't have done that at 12. It was sort of like between, you know, from the young age to she's 13, you know, at the end of May. She's sort of slowly built up her bravery to the point that she has the confidence to head off to a whole other country um, mm-hmm. to learn French. And, and I, you know, I, I applaud that and I've been encouraging her all along, you know, just keep, just, just try things. Mm-hmm. And, and so often um, we, we don't kind of give them that freedom to do that. Or if they say they don't want to, we go, oh, that's okay. But they mightn't want to do something really big and scary. But we, courage is like a muscle. And the more often we practice it, you know, the stronger it gets. So mm. building increments. Secondly, um, get them to try, expose them to different things that even you might want to take them somewhere where, like we took our children to Nepal and, and you know, it was very foreign for them. And no, they wouldn't have gone there on their own. But just by being exposed to something that was so different, it kind of helped them not be as scared by things that are different. It might be going to a restaurant having a completely different type of food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just things that are different to them. And I think often kids can think, oh, it would be so scary if I went to a new school. Or We don't trust our kids to handle and adapt to change. And our kids can actually adapt to a lot more than we think. But we often prevent them like, oh, I don't want to pull them out of the school because they've been here for so long. Even though they're unhappy, at least we know lots of people. And and kids can, you know, think that they won't make new friends. But when they go somewhere else, they go, oh, I don't know. Why I, was, I don't know why I was so worried. There's a whole new world of friends over here. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I think that's where exposing our kids and giving them that opportunity to see things that are different and not to just stick with what's comfortable and what's familiar. Right. And, and finally, you know, asking your kids, making, making failure and a mistake something that's normal. I, I remember hearing the woman who created Spanx, she said every day her father would say to her, what did you fail at today, kids? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's like where, hey, make it so that failure doesn't mean what we tend to make it mean. Or where did you make a mistake today? Where did you try something and fall short? And celebrate the action versus the outcome. Oh, good on you for trying that. You know, 
it doesn't even matter whether or not they they did well in it. They tried it and really celebrate kids when they try things, not about not whether or not they come first. And I think that's where as parents, when we stick these honor society, proud honor society bumper stickers on our cars and everything, we're really saying in that, you know, I value achievement versus, you know, I value the effort. Not every kid's going to be an honor society child. What are you saying to your other kids? Just say the first one got that. You know, well, this child gets a sticker, but you don't get the sticker. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I think it's really important we're not sending across sometimes these subliminal messages about, no, it's about the achievement. Achievement is fantastic. We want our kids to achieve, but I think we sometimes hold them back from daring to do things where they could achieve more because they're afraid that if they try it, they won't get the gold. Right. I mean, and this really goes along with what you said before about exercising the, the courage muscle, because the more that they do something, they try something, even if they don't succeed, they're working that muscle so that eventually, if they keep trying, they keep working at it, something great is bound to happen. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I, I'm sure you, Robin, even in your professional career, you know, and I see adults that are held back because they're not out there putting themselves out there and trying. And and the more we put ourselves out there, no, it doesn't, not every time we land something does it all be brilliant. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about how many times I had to submit book proposals for my very first book before I ever got even a bite. Mm-hmm. And but the more we're putting ourselves out there, we make connections. We 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 learn about other ways of doing things. We hone our game. And I think that's where our kids get them to go, yeah, I'm going to put myself out there and just show up fully for life and have that, you know, I think of that experimental mindset where you go, or for me, I think of it as a sense of adventure. You know, having grown up on a small farm in rural Australia where my horizon was not much beyond the back paddock. My parents had left school at 16. I didn't have some incredible role models of going, yes, you can do anything. Um, almost the opposite. But but what I've recognised, you know, since leaving that farm as an 18-year-old to really go out on my own in the world is that when we embrace life with this sense of adventure and go, well, what if I tried? Let's see what could happen. We discover, like, wow, there's so many more things that we can do and explore and achieve that we didn't even know about. But we first have to be willing to kind of open our arms wide. And that's where, you know, for your kids, in role model it and encourage. Open your arms wide to life and say, hey, let's see what's possible here. Mm, I love that. You have to remember that. Hey, what is possible here? So tell me, if if you have a kid who tends to shy away from trying new things out of out of fear, Let's say, you know, it could be sleeping outside of the home or walking up to a new person and meeting them or or maybe talking to a teacher when they feel like maybe they got the wrong grade. What can you say to your child that helps to encourage them, that helps them to be more courageous? What can you say to encourage your child? You know, I think having them really value the importance of courage as a value in their life mm-hmm. and showing them and sharing your own examples of where you were brave with something mm-hmm. and and how it was scary as all hell mm-hmm. um, and um, but but I think when you share that and you 
you role model that and, and encouraging them, you know, well, what if you tried? What if you tried? Mm -hmm. And treat it like an experiment. Sometimes go, okay, why don't we just experiment with this? Just, just for today, why don't we try to do, um, why don't you try to do this? Just, mm -hmm. just this little bit. And just let them do it. And then give them space to try and go, no, I didn't like it. But if the more we encourage them to do that, like with little mini experiments, you know, treat it like an experiment. We know from positive psychology that when we treat things as little experiments, it takes the pressure off us to absolutely be brilliant. It's like, no, it's just an experiment. Mm. Um, so encourage them to look at it as a little experiment. Mm. Oh, I love that. You know, I, I with my own daughter, I remember when she was having trouble, um, the idea of sleeping outside of the house. Uh, she was going to be staying over at camp for a night, uh, for an overnight. And I asked her this question. I asked her, what would help you to feel less scared and more brave? And she did this exercise where she just would, she just said, I, I feel like I have questions. And I said, well, why don't you write down those questions that you have and then ask them of your counselors. Ask, the, ask, ask all the questions that you have because if you do that, then maybe the information will help you to be more brave. I'm wondering if <laughs> the tactic of, of having kids write things out or say things to themselves could be helpful um, for some of these younger kids or maybe even older kids to, to embrace something that they've never done before. Yeah, absolutely. I, absolutely. And I think if you can start that at a young age too. Mm -hmm. uh, to me, it's never too early to start helping kids build their kind of courage muscles. Mm -hmm. And the interesting mm -hmm. thing here is with genders as well. I wrote an article um, last year on how to raise brave girls. Mm -hmm. and, and then I got asked, well, why didn't you write one on how to raise brave boys? And I have three <laughs> sons. I was like, fair enough. So then I wrote one on how to raise brave kids. But um, the reason I share that with you is boys generally – tend to be more physical mm -hmm. and and so from a young age they're pushing each other over and they're getting scratches and scrapes now not all of them but um because I have three boys and they're all different but definitely I had my daughter's never had a broken bone um she's not rough and tumble my my, my sons all across the spectrum there but you know they tend to be more rough and tumble they push each other over they fight it out more at school you know and but also they also sort of build up this tolerance to getting knocked over pushing mm. it around taking risks, riding their bike really fast over a jump and you know all that stuff so by the time they move into the adult world often boys have built up this bit of a risk tolerance mm. That girls haven't always. Now, I'm absolutely stereotyping and generalizing here. I realize that and I don't want people going, my daughter's not like that. <laughs> not like that, I get it. But, but overall, we know boys tend to be more physical. They're often even socialized that way. So, so with girls, I think that's why we have to be even more important not to, oh, well, she's a girl, so she doesn't want to do that. You know, don't. Don't molly coddle the girls because there's a from a young age. I think you know we need to expose them and hey, why not all of you? You know, go fast on the sled or whatever it is, um, because often, particularly if we've got kids that are a little bit more timid, you know, not every we're not going to change our child's innate nature, but I do think we want to make sure we're not sort of uh, uh, make we're not 
reaffirming it and going, oh, well, they wouldn't do that because they're shy and timid. Mm. No, that's true. You know, shy and timid people can be pretty brave too, but we do need to sometimes give them the opportunity to build up that confidence in themselves. So I don't know about, you know, everyone else, but I mean, I have heard, and in, and certainly in my own house as, as well, that that one or both of my children at times can have this mental soliloquy before trying something new. I'm not going to be any good at it. Everybody's going to be better than me. I'm not going to like it. You know, they, they haven't even tried it yet, but they've had this sort of mental soliloquy that we call it, and, and they go through all this negative stuff that's, that could happen. Um, and, and I'm wondering, what can we do about that barrage of negative thoughts that can take yeah. over? I mean, what yeah. can we do or say when we start to hear the mental soliloquy happen to kind of stop it in his tracks and move in a different direction? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's, that's you know, recognizing that the little voice inside our head, that inner critic, who are you to do that? You're going to fail. Don't, don't. What will people say? You know? yes. um, it is a voice, but it's not who we are. It's our fear trying to keep us safe. And actually, in my in my in my latest book, Make Your Mark, I have a whole chapter on how do we fear become fearless? How do we conquer that fear and that voice? And one of the things, one is give it a name. So, what's the name of the little voice in your head? And get, get you know, it's my gremlin. It's you know, it's my it's my spooky monster whatever it is you know what's the voice it's trying to keep you safe but it also doesn't want you to do anything where you might risk failing so I help them to recognize that the voice in their head their fear isn't who they are it's just a voice secondly um I, I secondly I think it's really vital for them to to sometimes shift how we hold ourselves physically. Mm. If you were going to stand there and, and, and look your very bravest and be a super girl or super boy or, you know, whatever, what's your action figure that you just love, how would you be right now? And have them sort of embody, have them embody what they think of as, as bravery. Mm. And this works for adults too. So, you know, I absolutely do this at my workshops and programs. You know, if we were embodying bravery, how would we hold ourselves differently? differently? How would we breathe? What expression would we hold? Because when we shift how we hold ourselves physically, it can shift how we feel psychologically. Uh, and, 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 in, and in line with that, just that feeling, that nervous feeling of discomfort um, the little butterflies that we get in our tummy. Recognize that's that's fear showing up in my body. Okay, I've got butterflies right now. Um, you know, using the language, I feel afraid versus I am afraid. We mm-hmm. feel an emotion. We aren't the emotion. Mm, that's very powerful. Shifting your shifting the way that you're speaking about bravery and about fear can certainly change how you're thinking about it. So I love that you can change that in in a child's uh, mental soliloquy, what they're saying to themselves and what they're saying out loud. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and finally, and I touched on this earlier, the language that we use, we can scare ourselves with our words create our reality. And so sometimes I, I had someone once say to me, they wanted to break off an engagement and they said, oh, it will kill me. It will just kill me. I said it won't kill you. In fact, they're a doctor, believe it or not. I said you're even you're a doctor and you know a lot more about physiology than me. But it, it won't actually, it won't kill you. And she said, oh, but it'll kill him. And I'm like, you won't kill him either. His heart will continue to beat. But just using that language was so dramatic. 
And sometimes we go, oh, I'm terrified. It's a nightmare. It's an absolute mm. disaster. I'll just die if that happens. <laughs> just helping people. It's like don't use language that actually sends you into a terror state of paralysis. No. You know, you're feeling uncomfortable. And this is a little bit scary for you, but heck, this is this is exciting too. So, you know, instead of saying, you know, I'm stressed, you know, you're excited. Um, oh, I've never done this before. I'm so, yeah, no, you haven't. But what a great opportunity to do it now. I wonder what you might learn and embrace that curiosity. And, well, this could be really interesting, couldn't it? So just shifting the language we use um, is so important. As adults, for grown-ups, you know, if you catch yourself using language where, oh, my day was a nightmare or this person is completely impossible or just, hey, your language is actually closing down your ability to deal with it more effectively. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I feel like that's so tangible and something that we could use right away. I'm sure we're all guilty of that, using that using that absolute language. You always do that. You never do that. I always <laughs> and And so I love that you've picked up on that and, and talked about that. So tell me if there was one thing that you would absolutely want parents to take away from this podcast of so the top tip, what would it be? Begin with yourself. Mm. I honestly believe that all the things we can say and do for our kids, you know, start with yourself. Where do you need to be braver? And never underestimate what a powerful influence that is for your children who are watching you. Mm, yes, absolutely. When we are our family's best example. So if we are being brave and if we're speaking out loud about being courageous and even if about our own fears, maybe our kids will be a little bit braver as well. And maybe they'll cheer us on. Maybe they'll help us through. Oh, no, absolutely. My kids saw my book, my books in the bookstore and they're like, Mom, I took it. It was down the bottom and I put it on the top shelf next to Richard Branson. Um, <laughs> Thanks, honey. Like I owe you five bucks for merchandising on that one, you know. But, but um, you know, sometimes they'll say, Mom, come on, be brave because, you know, I'm like scared I'm going to mess up a talk or a TV interview or something. And it's, it's exciting when everyone becomes that. Let your family, why don't you make, commit your family to all of you being a brave family. Make that a family value and you constantly measure what you're doing. You want to be a kind family as well and all the things, but add bravery into your family's value mix. And, hey, are we being brave? Are you being brave? Come on, mum, you be brave. You know, okay, well, I will if you be brave with that, you know. Oh, I can imagine asking kids maybe at the dinner table, how were you brave today? And and talking about how you were brave that day as well. Maybe it's a, a weekly conversation or a daily conversation, but maybe bringing it in so that they hear you using that language all the time could be a very simple way to be talking about it. Yeah, absolutely. My daughter shared with me recently how she wanted to share a room with a particular girl on a school camp. And she said how she had messaged her on Facebook and hadn't heard back. And I hadn't heard, she was a bit grumpy. She hasn't responded. I said, honey, was that the bravest way to ask her to share a room with you? You know, or could you have actually gone and talked to her, picked up the phone? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I realized I was afraid she wouldn't want to. And so I messaged her. And and so just sometimes just calling out our kids, it's mm -hmm. like, you know, is that the 
bravest way you could have gone about that conversation? Mm. And she kind of realized, no, it was because she was a bit uncomfortable in the asking and that's why she did it. But she said it would have been better if she'd just asked her. So I think we all can be holding each other mm-hmm. to account and challenging each other in, in a kind and loving way. I seem to remember watching a video of you talking about having like a bravery contract or a courage contract. And is that something that yeah, you I, if, if that you encourage uh, families to do? Yeah. Well, actually, if you go to couragepledge.com, I, I created a courage pledge and um, and people can download it. But it's like this is the way I pledge to be brave in my life. Mm-hmm. And um, and absolutely, I encourage families. It's it's not it's 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 not specific to some specific action. It's really in our daily lives the different ways we can be courageous and brave which you know I use those two terms synonymously mm-hmm. what a beautiful idea to have a, a pledge and to bring your children into a pledge having a family contract so that everybody is is leading their life with with bravery tell me the resource of the week where can people go to find out more about you your work your books see your videos and and all of the wonderful things you've been doing in this world <laughs> Well, thank you for asking, Robin, because it's great to be able to share my work more widely. Um, honestly, best place is go to my website, which is margiewarrell.com, and even the Courage Pledge, there's links to, to, to download the Courage Pledge on my site, and my books and lots of TV interviews and interviews and and online courses and all sorts of things is available through there. It's a wealth of information. So much great information is on your website and and in your books. And I'm just so grateful for you that, that you're here on the, on the show, that you've talked to us about all these wonderful ideas. I love what you said about embracing those butterflies in your stomach and being the superhero and and actually taking that position and these small changes changing your language changing your thoughts these are all things that our kids and and uh, us as parents we can do right away thank you for providing those tips for us today Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Well, I've got my takeaways and sweet friends, I know you have yours. Let's discuss them. Come up on Facebook and go to facebook.com slash Dr. Robin Silverman or let's chat about it at drrobinsilverman.com, twitter.com slash Dr. Robin. And if you love this podcast like I did and who does not love this podcast, wow, all this incredible information about bravery. I think it is so useful. Would you kindly go up to iTunes and rate and review it so others can learn all about Margie, her amazing work, and these great solutions that we can use in our own homes. I truly appreciate it. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to How to Talk to Kids About Anything. For more information on books, articles, speaking engagements, or curriculum, please visit drrobinsilverman.com. I look forward to weathering the storms and enjoying the sunny side of life together. And please remember, even when it seems like nothing is going right, maybe you've made some mistakes. We've all had those days. You've got this. You're here. You're getting the information you need. And on the days that we fall short, never forget. Get there's always tomorrow. 
parenting, thank goodness, is the ultimate do-over. There will, of course, be moments when we doubt our know-how, our choices, and our sweet sanity. At those times, please know that you are 10 times the parent you think you are. Until next time, this is Dr. Robin Silverman with How to Talk to Kids About Anything. Please tune in again and keep connecting through conversation. See you next week. You've been listening to How to Talk to Kids About Anything with Dr. Robin Silverman. For more information on books, articles, speaking engagements, or curriculum, please visit drrobinsilverman.com.